a very special episode of the Lane Grant Podcast Network. My name is Matt Timonini. On this episode, I have collected predictions from a number of Land Grant, Holy Land, and Land Grant Podcast Network staffers for the 2023 edition of The Game, which is happening when this podcast drops in just over one hour. You will hear some people giving their predictions on their own, and then in some cases, podcast duos will be chatting about their predictions as well. We have an article version of this type of thing over at LandGrantHolyLand.com that actually has more people participating, so you can see even more predictions from our staff at LandGrantHolyLand.com. So without further ado, let's rip the Band-Aid off and go with a prediction that I don't think you're going to like. We're going to start with one of our men's basketball writers, Connor Lamonds. Along with several other LGHL staff writers, I picked Michigan to win the game and the Big Ten back in August before the season began. After back-to-back thorough beatings, it looks like Michigan has turned the tables on Ohio State and have firmly established themselves as the top dog in the Big Ten. Unfortunately, I have not seen enough from Ohio State or Michigan to make me change my mind from what I thought back in August. Michigan still has the best defense in the country, and I still have concerns about Kyle McCord. Even though 95% of college teams would probably love to trade their current quarterback for McCord, I'm just not convinced that he can march up to Ann Arbor and slay that dragon on their turf. I'm confident this game will not be a blowout, and I think it'll be very competitive, and probably lower scoring than a lot of people think it'll be. But I am not confident that Ohio State will win the game. I've got Michigan 24, Ohio State 17 this Saturday. Next up is the duo from the I-80 football show, Dante Morgan and Jordan Williams. You'll hear Dante first and then Jordan. So because we're doing it on the thing, you have to give a score prediction. Um, what oh, is your really? score? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're doing, um, oh, they're, they're putting um, it, they're putting it together in a podcast in a written form. So you have to give a score. Prediction. Okay. Um, I'm going to go. I'm gonna go 28-25, Michigan. How do you get to 25? You spotted you do 28-24. That's 20, a score you can get to. Okay, 28-24, Michigan. Yeah. I mean, I don't want you to. I don't want you to pick Michigan to win. I just don't know how you get to 25. That's what I was trying to think of it too. What is it? Because I, because I, I wanted. I was going to say a three-score game, but I don't think anyone's scoring 30. I can go. All right, thirty twenty-seven, Michigan. Okay. Oh wait, I don't. Do I have to pick off them because I picked them to win earlier in the season? Or can I just make a prediction regarding? No, you can just make a prediction. Oh, okay. Then thirty twenty-seven, Ohio State. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. So I'm I'm gonna go. Um, thirty to twenty. Hmm. Ohio State. Next up was our very own Brett Ludwigsack, who I believe is now our longest tenured writer at Land Grant Holy Land. So, what do you guys want to talk about? Of course, on Saturday, it's Ohio State, Michigan, up in Ann Arbor. And if there wasn't enough intrigue in the game, with Ohio State having lost the last two meetings, then it comes out that Connor Stallions was stealing signs for Michigan, which who knows, that could have had something to do with the Wolverines beating Ohio State the last two years. But, you know, 
we'll never find out there. This year feels like it's going to be a little different. Not only will Jim Harbaugh not be on the sidelines, even though it would be great for him to have to eat this loss, uh, Sheryl Moore will be the interim head coach and we'll give him something to cry about after the game. And instead of crying in victory, he'll be crying because Ohio State beats Michigan. So my prediction is 24-17 for the game. I think that Ohio State's just a little bit better on both sides of the football. And they have a chip on their shoulder after losing the last two, where Michigan has sort of coasted after building some leads. Also, they played a bunch of cupcakes this year. Ohio State's the uh, team that's been tested more. So I just think they're going to they're gonna play like Ryan Day was thinking that they would play last year heading into the Michigan game. Uh, so again, 24-17, that's your prediction for this game from Belize. Uh, hope you have a happy Thanksgiving and go Bucks. Now it is time for the duo behind Hangout in the Holy Land, Josh Dooley and Chuck Holmes. All right, Chuck, let's do it. Predictions um, for the game this weekend, man. Just hit me. Chuck, hit me with your honest assessment. What do you think happens between the team up north and Ohio State? Uh, Unfortunately, I think special teams and red zone offense – ends up hurting the Buckeyes in this game. It hasn't hurt them all year, but I think this is the game that those areas cost them. Uh, And unfortunately, I think this is like a a 2016 Michigan win. What about you, pal? Well, pal, Chuck Holmes, I think you're a bastard. (laughs) I'm embarrassed to have you a part of this show. I understand what you're saying, but I'm going to go with my gut and my heart. I think Ohio State's defense stands up in the red zone. I think the offense does enough. It's going to be a nail-biter, but give me 24-23 Ohio State in not the game of the century, but the game of the 2020s. That's what I got for you. Now we have the prediction from Chip Minich, who you can hear on the Silver Bullets podcast. Good morning, this is Chip Minnick, and my prediction for the Ohio State team up north game is Ohio State will prevail 28-21. My reasonings are very simply this. I believe that Ryan Day, after the loss of last year in Columbus, took a deep introspective thought and kind of realized that he has to be true to himself, and we saw the results of that in the loss to Georgia, and I do realize, yes, it was a loss, but Ohio State played much more aggressively than on, on offense than uh, Ryan Day traditionally did against that team up north. I also believe Jim Knowles has learned not to play as aggressively on defense, leaving the, the secondary in one-on-one situations. So I believe Ohio State will pull it out in Ann Arbor 28-21.
and we will wrap things up with my prediction section from the tailgate podcast with dropped in this feed earlier on Saturday. I cannot imagine a situation in which I would ever actually pick against Ohio State in this game, barring a complete program implosion that I just can't imagine happening without significant scandal and NCAA penalties. However, I am coming to this game with a surprisingly low level of stress. Ever since the Notre Dame game, I have had this feeling that this season had the makings of not only a special one, but a historic one for the Buckeyes as well. While the teams are different and a lot of the circumstances are not the same, this team just simply reminds me of the 2002 National Championship team. Far from perfect, they've always seemed a year ahead of championship contention, but when the chips are down, they have found a way to come through. And while they are far from a finished product, there's been market improvement as the season has gone on, and the way that head coach Ryan Day has managed this season makes me feel that he has finally understood what it means to be Ohio State's head coach. While winning games by 40 or 50 points is always fun, none of that matters if you aren't prepared for the end of the season. In years past, the rivalry game and the college football playoff have shown a damning magnifying glass on the inadequacies of his squads. However, with the way that he has managed injuries, evolved his play calling on offense, as well as how Jim Knowles has adapted his scheme on defense, it just feels like all of the puzzle pieces are finally fitting together. While the jigsaw won't be complete until Ryan Day is hoisting a very shiny trophy on January 8th, a win today would feel like not only has the program pieced together the ever-important edge pieces, but has finally filled in the most difficult-to-identify pieces in the center of the puzzle as well. This is not a team that is as dominant offensively as what we have seen under Ryan Day thus far, and Kyle McCord is not and likely never will be in the same league as Dwayne Haskins, Justin Fields, and C.J. Stroud, perhaps not even at the same level as J.T. Barrett. But that's okay. The defense in the second year under coordinator Jim Knowles appears more than capable of picking up that slack. The thing that plagued OSU last season was a penchant for giving up big plays, something that team up north took significant advantage of last season, scoring five touchdowns of 45 yards or more, including one of 75 and one of 85 yards. But the Buckeyes just don't do that anymore. Ohio State is the only team in the country to give up only a single 40-plus yard play this season, the fumble Ruski I mentioned earlier to Rutgers, and one of only three schools that hasn't allowed a play of more than 50 yards all year. So without the ability to hit back-breaking big plays, I struggle to see how Harbaugh's squad is going to score on OSU. Sure, they will likely move the ball to certain degrees, but if McCarthy isn't able to extend plays with his legs or even escape the pocket and pick up yards on the ground, I think the Buckeyes have a significant advantage here. On the other side of the ball, OSU will be going up against the best defense that it has faced all season. There is no question about that. But with the emergence of a now healthy Travion Henderson and the return to form for both Emeka Ibuka and Cade Stover, I think that there are plenty of weapons for the Buckeyes to put up points. Of course, much will have to do with whether or not Ohio State can convert on offense in the red zone and whether the offensive line can keep the pocket clean for Kyle McCord. That team up north leads the country in defensive red zone touchdown percentage, but has struggled in the last two weeks. Penn State and Maryland combined to go 7 for 7 in the red zone, scoring every time they got inside the 20. Does that have to do with the fact that the Corn and Blue no longer know the signs of their opponents? I don't know. You tell me. I guess we'll see this afternoon. I also expect that Ryan Day, Brian Hartline, and Justin Fry will come up with some creative ways to keep the pass rush off balance. Whether that is by mixing in the run on blitzing downs, moving the pocket, or keeping an extra tight end or running back in, in to help, I don't know. 
But if they are able to do that, McCord has been one of the best passers in the country this season when he isn't pressured. So if you give him time, there's no doubt in my mind that he'll be able to find Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Ibuka, Cade Stover, Travion Henderson out of the backfield, and maybe even other guys like Julian Fleming, Carnell Tate, G. Scott Jr., and more. Ultimately, I think that the OSU defense bends a bit, perhaps even by design to not give up those big plays like we saw last year, but doesn't often break, holding their rivals to field goals far more often than Sharon Moore would like. I do think that McCarthy will be under 150 yards passing in running backs Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, despite over 45 combined carries, will go for less than that total as well, meaning that the home team will struggle to eclipse 300 yards of total offense. When the Buckeyes have the ball, I do think that they will have just too much firepower for a good, but not nearly as good as the last two years, defense. McCord will throw for a modest but well-timed 225 yards and a pair of touchdowns, while Henderson will go for 150 all-purpose yards. Marvin Harrison Jr. will be the focus of the Corn and Blue defense, but will still eclipse 120 yards and have a pair of scores. Notice I didn't say two receiving touchdowns because I think he could get one on the ground as well. So, I'm going to go 31-17 in favor of the Buckeyes, and finally, all will be right with the world. <laughs>